Talk Recorded live. Welcome to Evolution Revolution with Dulcinea. It is Thursday, April 9th, 2009. Miracles occur through quantum possibilities that lead to transformation, which is the synergy of the physical and spiritual worlds to create a most divine, loving outcome filled with possibilities and infinite choices. Evolution Revolution is focused on offering the listeners intuitive and balanced information that fosters transformation, both personally and globally, ultimately raising the consciousness on planet Earth. I'm a metaphysician, clairvoyant, and clairaudient intuitive, writer, public speaker, PR and marketer, personal advisor to visionaries, leader, and spiritual teacher. Please explore more on my website at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com. Thank you for joining the show this evening, wherever you may be listening. Tonight on Evolution Revolution, I am honored to have an appearance from Dr. Amit Goswami, a theoretical nuclear physicist and professor emeritus of the University of Oregon Institute for Theoretical Physics. His father was a Hindu guru in India, and in his work, Dr. Goswami brings knowledge of mystical traditions together with his love for scientific exploration. He is a pioneer of the new paradigm of science called Science Within Consciousness and the author of the highly successful textbook, Quantum Mechanics. His two-volume textbooks for non-scientists titled The Physicist's View of Nature traces the decline and rediscovery of the concept of God within science. Goswami has also written eight popular books based on his research on quantum physics, and actually that's increased. In his seminal book, The Self-Aware Universe, he solved the quantum measurement problem elucidating the famous observer effect while paving the path to a new paradigm of science based on the primacy of consciousness. Subsequently, in The Visionary Window, Goswami demonstrated how science and spirituality could be integrated. In Physics of the Soul, he developed a theory of survival after death and reincarnation. His book, Quantum Creativity, is a tour de force instruction on how to engage in both outer and inner creativity. In The Quantum Doctor, Goswami integrates conventional and alternative medicine. Goswami's book, God is Not Dead, changes how readers think and experience the nature of reality, the existence of souls, the power of dreams, the universality of love, the possibility of ESP, and the very mind of God. In his most recent book, Creative Evolution, Goswami posits that consciousness, not matter, is the primary force in the universe, awakening the possibilities of evolution to a greater dimension. Welcome back, Dr. Goswami. It's a pleasure to have you on Evolution Revolution this evening. Thank you, Dalsinia. Good to be here. Wonderful. So in your really exciting book, Creative Evolution, you offer greater insight into the limitations of materiality and matter and suggest the potential for intelligent design as a, as a component in evolution. Where can these integrative possibilities lead humanity? Well, that is the that is the best part of it. The new evolution theory, post-Darwinian theory that we are building on the primacy of consciousness, actually looks upon evolution as an evolution of 
consciousness in manifestation. And therefore, uh, we can talk about progressivity. We can talk about uh, evolution having purposefulness, evolving towards greater and greater manifestation of what we usually call virtues, love, beauty, justice, truth, good, that kind of stuff. So, you know, the, uh, so the new, uh, new way of looking at evolution is uh, crucially important uh, because this is where our traditional religion, especially Christianity, uh, misses the boat. Uh, evolution is fundamentally established. There is no question about it. But evolution is not synonymous with Darwinism, in which there is no purposiveness in evolution, in which indeed there is no future for humankind to aspire to. But in the new theory, the primacy of consciousness, we have evolution which uh, goes beyond Darwinism and includes creativity and looks upon evolution as an ongoing uh, progress of life and eventually humans into further and further frontiers of uh, subtle dimensions of reality. And how can that change the script of humanity? Well, so uh, right now um, we uh, describe the situation with humanity as uh, rational mind, the stage, evolutionary stage of the rational mind. Now, uh, if you uh, think about it, mind has uh, good uh, aspects. It helps us to process meaning, and certainly we are very meaning-centered. But what kind of meaning should we uh, investigate? Initially, when we are hunters and gatherers, we are investigating physical meaning. We are investigating only the physical world because that was important for our survival. Then we graduated to investigating the meaning of our vital energies, which we experience as feelings. So that went on for a while, and then we entered this with uh, agriculture. We entered this present phase of investigating meaning of meaning itself. This is the stage of the rational mind. And here mind becomes very computational, very logical and uh, cannot integrate uh, feelings very easily because feelings are not logical, rational. Uh, this mind cannot integrate intuition, our uh, subtler experience, very well either because intuition is not logical, rational either. So um, how long should we continue this rational, logical stage of the mind? I think that evidence is abound uh, that we are confronting problems today uh, terrorism, meltdown of the economy, uh, too much negative emotions in politics. All this is suggesting that uh, we have to go beyond the mind and we have to integrate mind with feeling and intuition. Mind has to turn to these dimensions, uh, towards the intuitive mind. So I think our future is, is very clear and only if we embrace this evolutionary future can we really solve the problems. I mean, I'm all with um, President Obama when he says, uh, okay, we need to change, change that we can believe in. But my point is that, okay, you can have change, but changes require quantum leaps. If, if you really want changes that we can believe in, it requires a change in the worldview. Especially, it requires a new view of evolution. We must rise above Darwinism, which says that there is no future in our evolution. Wow, that is so profound. And that that is going to require a shift in the social norms. Yes, 
that is going to require a shift in the social norm, and this shift requires not only uh, personal um, activism, but an activism that embraces the entire society. I call this quantum activism. Um, we need to work on changes, changing ourselves, as uh, is the goal of all spiritual traditions, but we also need to do this without forgetting our fellow human being. We need to change together, in other words. So social systems must change, and evolution demands it, consciousness demands it, it's only a question of do we align ourselves with the movement of consciousness or do we stay as bystanders? So what I hear you saying is that evolution is no longer simply a physical experience. It's requiring us to rise above the physical, integrate the spiritual, and consider that with the larger perspective of wholeness. Exactly, exactly. What we have done with too much emphasis on the physical rational uh, we do accept mind, but the rational aspects, because uh, we can compute it, so we think that mind is physical. And this uh, shortcoming of the present-day view, worldview, um, which I call materialist science, it has costed us very dearly. Um, imagine what would have happened if, you, uh, if we continued with at least a modicum of ethics in our society. But because we, uh, materialism uh, does not leave any room for spirituality and ethics, uh, what happens is that people uh, succumb to the instinctual brain circuits that we also have, that evolution has given us. And uh, these brain circuits uh, produce uh, behavior that is not really rational. Uh, so we pretend to be rational on one hand, but on the other hand, negative emotions are rampant and so we continue warfare, which is irrational. We continue um, stuff that led to this economic meltdown, uh, complete irrational behavior, greedy behavior. You know, people point this out, but what they don't realize is that the whole uh, system of capitalism is based on rational behavior. But unfortunately, if we cannot uh, behave rationally, we, if we succumb to negative emotions every time the opportunity arises, then all these systems that is based on, on the rational mind for, um, does not work. And, and then what do we do? So we have to go to the next stage of evolution. We have to emphasize intuition, and then only we can finally integrate a feeling with thinking, and, and then our systems will work better. That we have still so a long ways to go. I'm not saying that this will come immediately, but this is the direction we have to move. Evolution is a process, is what you're Evolution saying. Evolution is, is a process. Not overnight. not overnight, and it requires creativity. It requires a lot of uh, effort, uh, including the quantum aspects of reality, namely uh, engage collective consciousness, which I call non-locality of consciousness. This non-locality and interconnectedness that exists among all uh, members of humanity, uh, we have very little, uh, we have used it very little. Uh, we have become aware of it only fairly recently, and even then we are so suspicious of it because of our materialist um, conceptual lens that we use. Materialism does not permit non-locality, which is signal-less communication. In materialism, every communication, every interaction occurs through exchange of signals. But non-locality is a quantum concept whose time has come because it now experimentally 
and theoretically established. And we have to heed to the lesson of this non-local consciousness. So I'm going to take us back a moment to you mentioned the limitations of materialism, and that is what we're facing economically in the U.S. and globally, and also the irrational behaviors of warfare. Well, how can science of today, which is, for example, biology you mentioned in creative evolution, how can those limitations be overcome so that we can incorporate the experience of the self? What do we need to do in the system of science today to merge that? Beautiful question. This is the question that every biologist needs to ask, which they don't, because what they do is avoid the problematic aspects of biology, which biology cannot explain. For example, biology, current biology, materialist biology, which holds that matter is everything, cannot explain what the difference between life and non-life is. They avoid this question. Uh, same thing in the uh, evolutionary data. When they try to explain evolutionary data with Darwinism, uh, they clearly fall short. Um, what they cannot explain is the fossil gaps. Uh, but because a few intermediates uh, have been found and few places of the fossil gaps uh, occasionally fill up, uh, therefore they assume that all of the fossil gap eventually will fill up. But that hasn't happened in 150 years, and now it is very clear that it's just not going to happen. Darwinism uh, requires thousands and upon thousands of intermediates to fill up all the fossil gap. It just is not going to happen. So biology needs to change. Once biologists accept this, then it is very clear that biology needs more organizing principle than material interactions. What are they? Well, the primary one, of course, is consciousness. Consciousness has causal power, which we call downward causation to con com contrast it with upward causation which is the name of material interaction because material interactions produce a ladder-like hierarchy. Uh, elementary particles make atoms, make molecules, make cells, make the brain. This is the way the hierarchy goes. It cause rises upward from elementary particles to the brain. This is the materialist model. But in quantum physics, brain just consists of possibilities. So what converts these possibilities into actual events of experience that we call the manifest world? Uh, materialism has no answer for it. The answer comes when you recognize that conscious choice is what enables us to experience actuality from possibility. We choose, therefore the world is, therefore we are. So uh, once we recognize the primacy of consciousness, that everything, matter included, are possibilities of consciousness, and we choose from these possibilities to make the world as we experience it. That's the first step. The second step we have to recognize are the internal dimensions of our experience. Yes, sure, material, material world is very important. We sense it through our sensory organs. But if we look inside of us, we also experience feelings, we experience thinking, we experience intuition. What are, where do they come from? Uh, in materialist science, the tendency is to say they all come from matter. But materialist biology has no, no model, no theory of feelings. Materialist biology has no theory of intuition. They only have a partial theory of the what we call mentation or thinking. Um, 
they cannot really uh, explain thinking completely because thinking has not only a syntactical aspect but also a semantic aspect. Uh, thinking is about meaning. And uh, recent progress in science has shown that matter cannot process meaning. Computers cannot process meaning. And therefore, mind is needed as a separate world, as a separate body that we have, separate realm of possibility, out of which consciousness, our consciousness chooses what we actually think. So in this way, if we introduce these additional organizing principles, consciousness and then mind, uh, vital body, whose energies we feel, and the archetypal supramental body, whose uh, objects uh, we intuit, then uh, biology can be completed. This is what I have accomplished in creative evolution. <clears throat> very, very empowering. Having worked with DNA myself, it very much relates to my personal experience that I was working with DNA and I isolated genes and I thought this is really exciting and then I looked up to the sky and I said, but wait, I'm a, there's a whole other aspect of who I am that's social that is completely disregarding who I am. It's a, an expression of me. So then I changed, well actually I double majored, I left molecular cellular biology and I went right to social psychology because I felt like I was missing a gap that I needed for my own exactly. inner understanding. Exactly. You, you didn't buy into the biologist dogma that even your enjoying the beauty of the sky is, comes from your DNA or your genes. I mean, this is absurd what biologists try to do because uh, we now have proof, mathematical proof, that uh, no meaning can be recognized, processed by matter, by computers, by the brain. Uh, if brain were isolated and brain was uh, not uh, within consciousness. So it takes consciousness to uh, choose and it takes a mind to give meaning and you intuited it and therefore you went to the study of mind and also you went to the study of mind en masse. That is very interesting. Social psychology is, is, is most important today. Yes, so that, that occurred through quantum transformation within my personal experience, which is an element that creative evolution and all of your work presents. And how can that transform the larger humanity as each one of us make that decision? Exactly. That is what every one of us have to see, the falsity of these claims, that our ethical behavior, our, our capacity for processing meaning, our ability to enjoy love, beauty, truth, justice, all these things cannot possibly be in material interaction. They cannot be traced to material interactions. They cannot be caused by material interactions. So we have to posit a very different science, science within the primacy of consciousness. We have to posit that consciousness is the ground of being in which four compartments possibility exist. Material compartment is just one of the compartments, but there is, in addition, uh, a compartment that gives us feeling, a compartment that gives us meaning, and a compartment that gives us the experience of intuition. When you include all this, then only we can study the whole human being. So materialists have been uh, confining themselves to a very narrow part of ourselves. And when we claim that this narrow part alone is the explanation for all of the human experience, we get such a very uh, myopic theory 
that everything goes wrong. Uh, for example, if meaning doesn't exist, then what do we do? We become existentialist. What does that mean? That means that we believe that, well, it is true that we have the experience of meaning, therefore um, we must pretend uh, that there is meaning after all, although from a materialist scientific point of view there cannot be any meaning because matter cannot process it. So meaning must be fake, meaning must be something false that we somehow impose on the world, uh, but you don't really have to trust it. And same thing about ethics, it's just an imposition on the world that we do to, uh, as, a con as, as, as something that is convenient for us once in a while. But when it's not convenient, then we can give it up. And this is, of course, what the greedy capitalist recognizes. There is an opportunity to uh, use a situation where housing prices are going up uh, exponentially. And if we can then uh, develop a situation, a property, where we can uh, deceive some people to buy into it without telling them that, well, the house price, housing price going up is not a permanent thing. It may collapse any moment. And, and then we create this, uh, we make profit, but we create a calamity in which the whole world gets caught up. I mean, imagine $4 trillion taken out of our economy. And how can, how can we handle it? I mean, it's tough. And all created because of the greed of a certain faction of rich people. And Okay, so I have two questions from that comment. So the first question is, this is something I was evaluating as I was reading the book, and I was thinking, how does competition play into the former view or the, the outmoded view of evolution? How, how okay. is that? Okay, yes, uh, the competition has a role. I mean, Darwinism is not, uh, not entirely untrue. The new theory incorporates Darwinism. So when things are going in a smooth way, there is a smooth part, a continuous part of evolution, little changes. For those little changes, what we engage with is an uh, aspect of creativity that I call situational creativity. We solve problems on the, on the basis of ideas that we already know. In this way of using creativity, competition is very appropriate. In fact, competition uh, makes us thrive with this kind of creativity. So indeed, um, you know, today we have innovations in computers, and we know that if uh, Microsoft did not have Apple to compete with, or Apple did not have Microsoft or IBM to compete with, they would not rise to the occasion of discovering such wonderful things as, um, you know, the I'm, I'm thinking of all this I uh, stuff that Apple has discovered, given us, you know, sensationalizing, sensational discoveries to popularize music, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So yes. all all that stuff is because of competition. But competition stops when we are looking at aspects of non-local consciousness. When quantum leaps are needed to discover really fundamental stuff uh, of which the world is also made up when we investigate the archetypes when we are investigating love beauty justice truth and um, good when we are trying to be ethical then uh, competition has no place competition has to give way to love to cooperation and this is what we are missing yes there's a threshold for that and then the, there happens to be a collapse. And then how do upward and downward causation relate to the quantum collapse that we're experiencing, for instance, in the economy? 
Right. So, well, uh, I mean, we are using the collapse, uh, the word collapse, you have to be a little careful. So okay. collapse, we use the word collapse for in, in quantum mechanics and quantum physics with a very specific meaning. It's the collapse of the wave of possibility into the particle of actuality. Wave of possibility in which there are many facets, whereas in, uh, when we choose, we just choose one of the facets that we call a particle. So uh, that is the meaning of the word collapse. It's a, trans, it's a transformation of wave into particle, transformation from many facets to a one-facetedness. Whereas when you use the word collapse in economics, uh, that is uh, quite different because what Breakdown. we mean is that uh, it's now a disaster that has taken place which has uh, resulted into loss of jobs, loss of capital, loss of smooth functioning, loss of availability, uh, all that stuff. That is what we mean by economic collapse. It, the capitalism is just not working. The smooth flow of finances, smooth flow of capital, smooth movement of capital that keeps, us, uh, keeps the economy going, that is just not taking place. That is a very important discernment, and I thank you for clarifying that for me. We had discussed that last time. So I'd like to elaborate on the quantum collapse, that is the wave of possibilities into materiality from a multifaceted level to a single facet. That's actually the tangible manifestation? Yes, that is how the tangible manifestation of the world takes place. So when we, when we change the uh, possibilities that we envision for a certain situation, uh, then we collapse the particular meaning that gives us a tangible solution of that situation. That may be a mental thought, as in a creative experience. That may be a vital feeling, as in the experience of love. That may be an intuition. Um, so in this way, we discover. We discover things that will change the material world. We discover, like Einstein's theory of relativity. Forever, after that discovery, after the realization that uh, time is relative, the, our world, the way we experience the world, forever changed. So how do we as a society, society, how can we find value in these principles and begin to implement them for the larger whole? So first of all, we have to give value to value. <laughs> this is what my major, uh, major, major complaint against uh, political leaders of today. Uh, you know, I really believe that uh, President Obama is a spiritual person. But uh, no politician, including him, so far, has come out and really said that, look, I'm a spiritual person, I believe in God, and I really believe that a, a model of reality cannot be built without God. And because materialist science negates this idea, I am not so sure that materialist science is correct. And because there already is an alternative worldview that is building, there is a science that is building on the primacy of consciousness that permits concept of God and consciousness to be legitimate concept outside of matter, non-material concepts. I am willing to support this alternative science. I'm willing to support and really put uh, my uh, support in the sense that I want to give 
research grants to this kind of research also. This is what we need. You know, in, in, during the Clinton administration, we had um, alternative medicine finally recognized as a subject of research. Uh, as a subject of research for which a person can get research grants from the government. And this changed the face of uh, alternative medicine in America substantially. It became respectable. People now can go to an alternative medicine healer, insurance pay for it oftentimes, and most importantly, new research is being done. Uh, this is what we need badly to uh, further uh, the change in worldview. Otherwise, if the research money only goes to the materialists, if the societal support doesn't uh, really acknowledge uh, new research in these new fields, and the research is costly, there is no denying that, not as costly as materialist research, by the way. If you could just, just get a fraction of the research money that goes into, goes into materialist research, uh, we could do just, we could revolutionize uh, our society, uh, we could revolutionize the future of evolution uh, so much faster. So this is one way that we could, um, we could bring the possibilities of new into our society, into our culture. If, if I recall in college, I took a class, a history of psychology course, and they basically taught us, of course, integrated with my science background, that most of the human history, <clears throat> we did not focus on behavior mechanistic science. We incorporated the spirit and the consciousness and the value. It was theorized and philosophized of. Are we Actually, pulling from that? Absolutely. I mean, this is the absolute about turn. No, because before the modern era, uh, indeed, all research in all cultures, in all countries, were uh, basically um, research of consciousness. Some cultures went uh, very, very um, deep into consciousness research, such as the Hindu culture in India, such as the Tibetan culture, uh, uh, even uh, the Muslim culture. You know, there was a lot of study of consciousness. Uh, in Christianity, uh, also, there are such great names as Meister Eckhart, uh, Teresa Vavila, who uh, discovered dimensions of consciousness as deep as the Easterners. And, of course, China, one must mention Taoism. So, you know, all of this was so much common, and, of course, the Greeks, you know, who gave us the Western civilization. So all of this is virtually completely consciousness research, hardly anything on material because we just did not have uh, so much of um, expertise, uh, technology. So technology has caught on gradually, of course, in the last 2,000 years, and as technology uh, crossed a threshold in the 16th, 17th century, we started to do experiments and we established the new what we call modern science, with two prongs, theory and experiment. Theory is still similar to philosophy. For a long time, uh, physical theory was called natural philosophy. Um, but the experiment, doing experiment in the laboratory to verify a theory, that is such a absolutely revolutionary new concept, and it helps the uh, theory building so much that, of course, um, now uh, science is a very different kind of enterprise than the science of consciousness that existed before. Because before, 
science of consciousness could only be verified by personal experiences. We did not have the concept of consensus, consensus, developing a consensus theory. So we developed consensus, the idea of consensus uh, in modern science. Unfortunately, you know, uh, consensus can be wrong, and that is what gives us the wrong paradigms, and paradigms have to evolve. So um, we now have uh, a paradigm that needs to be changed. You know, we have in the past changed from the Newtonian paradigm to quantum paradigm in physics. We have uh, not had similar changes in uh, biology. That's a major, major shortcoming. Biology needs a bad paradigm shift. Uh, we need a paradigm shift in psychology, but there is tremendous division. There is, on one hand, transpersonal psychologies and humanistic psychology, but on the other hand, there is also very materialist, uh, behavioral, and cognitive psychology. So psychology had a paradigm division, but no uh, paradigm shift. The new science that I'm building, science within consciousness, can get rid of all these divisions, can produce a paradigm shift in biology, integrates all the different psychologies together, and also integrates the classical and quantum thinking together. So uh, it, has, it, it has the potential of completely replacing uh, materialist science. So how do we at each begin to take an interactive role to create that, to manifest that? What quantum possibilities do we need to embrace or, um, or consider? Thank you for this question. This is my fundamental goal today. I'm spending virtually, you know, um, I was going to say all of my time. That is not true. I also write and, um, you know, have to do some other things. But but substantial portion of my time goes to this idea of quantum activism how to bring about changes in the society in uh, complete in complete uh, coherence with personal changes. In other words, you know, we have been uh, investigating spirituality for a very long time. That is the objective of the religions. Religions, the real objective of religion is, is, is not to produce fear of God uh, in the society, not to produce uh, ethical behavior is a coerced behavior, but to produce transformation of the society so that they will become societies will become ethical. What does that mean? It means to bring godliness in manifestation. Uh, good, beauty, justice, truth, uh, love, uh, these archetypes we intuit. And then we make various models of it, and uh, ethical behavior is one of those models of goodness. And we, 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 we try to be ethical to others, and this has been good for our society. Uh, but religions have now fallen short be fundamentally because they are not adjusting to this uh, non-dual reality that is scientific. What religions do is subscribe to a dual reality. They have the idea of God, but God as a non-material dual agent outside of the material world, but then the question of dualism haunts them because how does a non-material God interact with the material world? This makes religions non-scientific, unscientific. And it is because of this that in the last century Nietzsche declared that God is dead 
because this kind of dualistic concept is not credible anymore. It cannot, religion, Christianity especially, cannot act as a guidepost for people to follow ethics anymore. So how do we follow ethics? For a long time, ethics was in a limbo. There was no reason for following ethics, it seemed like. But now, quantum physics and this primacy of consciousness, the new science, this has now changed everything because now we are establishing ethics as also very scientific, very uh, much based on a representation of truth, and therefore we must follow ethics. This is very new, and it, it will come only if we work together as quantum activists to change society, first of all to accept a new worldview, change society, second of all to live the worldview, work our talk, and, and thirdly to change the social systems at the, as they need to be changed, to bring them in consonance with the new worldview and the new style of living that we are demanding. This is very important to me personally. This is definitely um, resonates with my personal individual mission. I think you, you've seen my motto is embrace the truth. And my continual personal transformation is to become more ethical, more full in my character. So I absolutely understand the, the extreme relevance of quantum activism, and I'd love to support that in any way possible with the show and with my own um, understanding. So I commend you for what you're leading. And I know I'm that... I'm counting on your support, Dalsinia. I'm, I'm, yes, I'll, I'll, I'm behind I'll, you. Hold you to it. I'm counting on it. I know that we were already a quantum activist. You, you are the kind of person we really need en masse. We need more and more people such as yourself. Yes, this is exciting. And I'd like to let our audience know that they can find you on the web at www.amitgoswami.org. You can also link up to that through the Evolution Revolution homepage at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com. Also, they can find more information about what we're talking about in the very famous film, What the Bleep Do We Know?, and also in the documentary of the Dalai Lama Renaissance. So there are films that you're working on. There are books that you're putting out. There are seminars you're, you're creating. I know you have some events coming up this month in April in Ojai, California, right there out of Santa Barbara at the Cretona School of Theosophy, so that's how people can align with you. You'll also be in late May in Berlin, so you are doing your global footwork, <laughs> and we, we appreciate that. So I want to let other people know who feel this information to please connect with Dr. Amit Goswami. We're talking today about all of his work, but uh, particularly his book, Creative Evolution, A Physicist's Resolution Between Darwinism and Intelligent Design. Uh, can I interject just one new event that we are uh, Absolutely. A, a, a couple of friends of mine really, um, very creative people. Um, uh, Lee Stewart is the director of this uh, documentary called The Quantum Activist. So since we are talking a lot about quantum activism, and quantum activism is uh, the way I envision that creative evolution, the next step of creative evolution can, can come about, in uh, human humanity um, quickly. Uh, this is just enhancing the process. Evolution is already going on, but with quantum activism, we act as a tool of consciousness to enhance the 
process of evolution. So there is now a documentary produced by um, this wonderful uh, woman named Ree Stewart uh, and Rene, his uh, concert. And uh, they really are, um, are, have done, I mean, I'm a little prejudiced, of course, because uh, it's mostly about my work. Uh, uh-huh, but, uh-huh. but nevertheless, uh, it is really a beautiful, uh, beautiful um, production. And uh, you can have a quantum, act- I think there is a link to the Quantum Activist um, website uh, at my website. But you can also directly go into the quantumactivist.org, uh, is their website. And yes, directly... there is a link. I see it here up on your website. There's a link right on the home page for anybody who's interested in that. And they have a trailer of this documentary, which is, um, which is going to be released probably at, at first of all, in film festivals in the next uh, months, but, but eventually as DVD and also uh, if um, good fortune hits, then maybe even movie theaters. So look for it. Great, great. So again, the name is Quantum Activist. You can find the information on the website at www.amitgoswami.org. And it, the, you, you posed the question, are you ready to become a quantum activist? So that's just a really, really exciting thing. And I think it does take the power of media to really shift the norms. So getting out films is very powerful, radio, TV, any, any form that you can bring the people, the information. And of course, as we know and we're discussing based on the premise of your book, Creative Evolution, it really requires the consideration of our inner feeling, our inner meaning, and just the awareness that there is a demand for something more at this point in our human evolution. Right. right. Wonderful. That is very, very, very exciting. So how do we, as a, as a group of quantum activists, positively work not only on the mass, but within ourselves? What's our inner footwork? Well, the most important, um, most vital thing that we can do today is that, uh, you know, balance these negative emotional brain circuits uh, that we call instincts. These are the ones, uh, and, and we become helpless before them. I mean, when, when anger hits us or when greed hits us, you know, it, it, it really is true that we become helpless. Uh, we cannot pursue rationality anymore. Even knowing that this will hurt somebody or this will hurt the world, uh, these people who caused the economic meltdown or these terrorists who are uh, killing people um, you know, by committing uh, suicide bombing, uh, it, it really, they become helpless. Uh, the brain circuits take over. It's like they're a, they're a machine. You know, many people comment about that, that how machine-like these people are, as if they're robots. They don't have any thinking power anymore. So how to balance this? This is what spiritual teachers have tried to teach us for millennia without much success. Now we know that the success can come only if we are ready to take quantum leaps in of thinking. We have missed this idea that it takes... Uh, discontinuous change in our thinking pattern. Uh, when we really uh, take these quantum leaps, then we have insights into the true nature of the affairs. Why, what are we missing in our thinking that, that makes us 
helpless before these negative emotions. So once we discover positive emotions directly, like love, beauty, etc., and then we can make brain circuits of them by living these positive emotions. Once we start living positive emotions and make brain circuits of it, then we are capable of balancing the negative. This balancing the negative is our urgent requirement to develop a society that can move forward according to the requirements, according to the demands of conscious evolution. This is what I'm hoping to develop as a movement. So when we say quantum activist, okay, that's a very general um, umbrella on one hand, but the first and foremost specific umbrella is to all of us work towards collectively building positive emotional brain circuit because there is a theory given by uh, the biologist Rupert Sheldrake, and I have um, made some progress on this theory myself, called morphogenetic field. These are fields that help make biological form. Morpho means form, and genesis, of course, is creation. These morphogenetic fields, once we start modifying them by building positive emotional brain circuits in the brain, then this morphogenetic field, the changes of it, are non-local. They don't require any material object to store them. They are non-local. They can be stored without matter. They can be stored in, in nothing, empty space. The ancients call it Akashic memory. This non-local characteristic of the morphogenetic memory uh, enables future people to inherit the changes that we are making today. So if we can make these changes en masse, imagine the future people inherit them also en masse. In other words, people will be born with these brain circuits for which we have to do so much work. They will be effortlessly inheriting the brain circuits that we, with our effort, um, change our brain to have. So th th this is the vision. This is the vision that if sufficient number of us, there must be a threshold. You know, some people call this the 100 monkey phenomenon. If 100 of us, I mean, that's only a metaphor, I think it's, it probably requires a few million of us, you know, it, it, and, and, and if we can change and make positive emotional brain circuit working together, then uh, these non-local morphogenetic fields will be inherited by all humanity sooner or later. Yes, and my you suspicion know, is, yeah, go ahead. No, I, you know, I have to, my, all over me, I think I see that that's happening already in academics. And just one example, in 2004, I went to uh, the Western Psychological Association conference, a WPA conference in Phoenix, Arizona, and the keynote speaker was Dr. Martin Seligman, who is very uh -huh. uh, well-known out of Pennsylvania. And just his shift, <clears throat> although he may not be conscious of how it fits into what the premise and the principles of what we're discussing, it supports the idea of authentic happiness. Uh -huh. And that's what he studies. And that relates to these positive emotion circuitry that uh -huh. we, we are in the process of what you're saying to create individually and collectively to yes. create the quantum leaps. Yes. So even yes. people who are not conscious, this is where we have hope, Dr. Goswami. We have a lot of hope that people who do not say, oh, I'm a quantum activist, are still also experiencing that evolutionary call 
for a shift in awareness that we are more than material. We are spiritual. We are a soul. We are a divine. We are an expression of the divine essence. And exactly. just by this man saying, "We're happy. Be happy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to study happiness." That is a unique contribution to the larger conglomerate. Exactly. Exactly. And this is the kind of research that I was talking about earlier. And we need to develop a social governmental uh, support for this kind of research, this kind of thinking. And uh, that will enhance the change in the worldview. And as the worldview changes, more and people work towards developing these positive emotional brain circuits. And, and eventually that becomes collective. And eventually that produces the evolutionary leap that we are talking about. Very exciting. Very exciting. Very exciting. Yay! So my personal role in this is I'm working with youth, and that's kind of where I feel that the universe has intuitively led me, is to reach out to um, children who are, you know, anywhere between 9 and 16, who are developing their character and their sense of self, and I'm incorporating principles on character like ethics and truth and responsibility self-sufficiency, and so I'm feeling, I'm hoping that others around the globe are also feeling this call to youth because they are the future, mm-hmm. and they hold the ability to really support our quantum leaps and our ex- unique expressions, but at a greater level because, as we know, evolution only gets better. Yes, absolutely. Evolution only gets better, and this is the part that Darwinism completely misses. We have to come out of the ages of Darwinism. You know, evolutionism is taken synonymous with Darwinism, and it's so wrong. Darwinism does not see that evolution does not go this way. Evolution is purposive. It, it, it only gets better. I love it. I love it. There's so much hope. This is very, very exciting. We are speaking with Dr. Amit Goswami, author of Creative Evolution, a physicist's resolution between Darwinism and intelligent design. You can find him on the web at www.amitgoswami.org. So how do the principles of motion and continual change relate to the quantum transformation? that we are going to experience for larger humanity? Well, those are the, these, these transformations will come through quantum leaps. And um, these, are the, these are things that is beyond the capacity of Darwinism to explain. But in, in, in consciousness-based science, these are the quantum leaps of biological creativity. The entire species... Uh, it's a creativity of the entire species to take that leap into the intuitive mind. So all of a sudden, you know, we have been investigating rational mind en masse all over the world, uh, you know, someplace more, someplace less, but more or less it is this phase that we are in, rational mind. And all of a sudden, uh, all over the world, there will be intuitive mind. There will be, uh, you know, capacity of, only emphasizing, not, not of course giving up the previous phases, you know, we we'll still have uh, physical, we we'll still have vital mind, still have rational mind, but in addition, people will be able to give total attention to uh, ethics and beauty and love and justice and all this. Uh, today, only sporadically, only a few people pay attention to these things, but when the evolution, when the quantum leap takes place, then uh, they will be available for all people to investigate. And this is the difference. This is what happens 
when when evolution actually takes place through a quantum leap. And can that and that can express that how life, the quantum leap that will acquire required for that will express how life is a miracle? Well, yes, because um, the miracle of miracle of life that produced life from non-life, you know, this this was a quantum leap of exactly this kind. Uh, this was, of course, the probably the most significant quantum leap uh, that brought together the entire evolution and manifestation in the entire universe. So that was the most significant ever uh, quantum leap of evolution that took place the change from non-life possibilities to life where the possibilities could manifest because life can experience. Non-life doesn't have any experience. There is no subject-object split that uh, changes possibilities into actual events of experience. Life, living, is different from non-life because there is experience. And ever since, we have been evolving to produce varieties of experience more and more richness of experience, more and more aspects of experience. So initially experience was mostly physical experience, and then we got into experiences of feeling, then experiences of meaning, mental experience uh, took the precedence, but now uh, it's coming to intuitive experiences. So, you know, in this way evolution proceeds. Evolution uh, goes on from that one-celled life that began some 3.8 billion years ago, from that, multicells and then invertebrate, vertebrate through mammals to primate to human being and human being going through the stages of physical mind, vital mind, mental mind, and then now intuitive mind. What a wonderful evolution of conscious, conscious manifestation. And, and who knows where it ends? I mean, you know, there could be stages that we don't even know um, which we'll be able to investigate. Once we get to the stage of, of intuitive mind, uh, wh- who knows what will be clear to our intuition. We may not even know dimensions uh, that exist uh, with our uh, rational mind that will be open to us at that time. Yes, that is a very, very valid point, and I like how you clarified that it's, there's either life or the absence of life, which, which really gives hope for a simplistic perspective that biology hopefully can embrace that presence or absence because they do their research based on that theory and then incorporate the essence of a soul. <laughs> yes. Once one accepts this, um, this uh, science within consciousness, then you know, soul comes back. And the, the, what happens to present-day materialist science is that there is no soul in it. There is no value in it. There is no meaning in it. We do it. We do it because of, of habit patterns, but we do it meaninglessly. We don't know why we are doing it. I mean, it is obviously an anachronism in materialist science. Why should we be even interested in doing science? because there is no value, no meaning in the world. Why should we do it? So materialist science is full of holes, conceptual holes like that. And all that will be gone in the next stage of our evolution when, of course, uh, but we have to begin with the change in worldview. That is such an urgency. Quantum activism is such an urgency that all good people should come and embrace it. 
Yes, well, I am on your team. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. So I have an exciting special offer to our listeners this evening. Thanks to the wonderful people at Quest Books and Dr. Goswami, I have a signed copy of Creative Evolution, a Physicist Resolution between Darwinism and Intelligent Design. Please email Dulcinea me at light at com or even easier, just go ahead and use the Contact Us feature on my website at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com. Please include your name, email, and mailing address, and in the subject line, write Dr. Goswami. Good luck. I truly look forward to hearing from you, and the first person that I receive an email from will receive a copy. How exciting. So the (laughs) mysterious... The mysterious universe defies the limitation of the human mind in many ways, but only with the experience can the human mind begin to expand its walls and synergize with the invisible, where perception and conscious choice align with quantum possibilities. This is where the miraculous occurs and the outcome is beyond what has been in the past perceived as physically possible. Each individual has the inherent capacity to align with the powerfully supportive universal forces that lend the opportunity to experience a higher version of oneself, therefore creating a new set of quantum possibilities. Explore the limitless aspects of who you are today and you will begin to see transformation within and around that will lead the larger humanity to the infinite and expansive revolution of evolution. Next week on April 16th, Janine Kimmel and Amber Hinton will be here. And coming up on April 23rd, we'll be speaking with Dr. Teresa Martin and Dr. Christine Madar from the School of Metaphysics. Uh, Coming up on April 30th, we'll be speaking with Lee Gerds. And on May 7th, we'll have Patricia Bish. On May 14th, we'll have Ruth Probst. And on May 21st, Laura Hansen will be here. Coming up on May 28th, we'll have an appearance from Whitney Fair. And on June 4th, Barbara Hanclaw will be back. On June 11th, we'll be speaking with Stephen Asma. And on June 18th, we'll have Scott Bloom. June 25th, Matt Zoe. And July 9th, Dr. Stephen Farmer will be back. July 16th, Sharon Jeffers will make her appearance. And on July 30th, Michael Tamura will share his wisdom once again. Coming up in August, Dr. Denise Badeau on the 13th. And on the 27th of August, Dr. David Bertelli. And coming in September, we have Peggy McCall on September 10th. And on September 17th, Jeff Brown will be back. You can purchase all of the author's books featured on Evolution Revolution at www.amazon.com or link up to their individual websites through the Evolution Revolution homepage at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com. Please join me in the upcoming weeks on the revolutionary independent production of Evolution Revolution for some exciting guests and uplifting inspiration which can be further explored under the upcoming guests on the homepage. Additionally, please explore the Evolution Revolution archive shows with inspirational authors that can be found on the Evolution Revolution homepage and the Radio Archives 2007-2008 tab within the website, and of course, all episodes are available for free in the iTunes store by searching Evolution Revolution Podcast. The archive shows are available 24 hours a day and include amazing talent such as Neil Donald Walsh, Carol Obley, Barbara Marks Hubbard, Dr. Eric Pearl, 
Dr. Stephen Farmer, Ariel Ford, Peggy McCall, Dr. Amit Goswami, Gary Zukov, Dr. Adrian Windsor, Charles Virtue, David Robert Ord, and more. Please share Evolution Revolution with others who may desire to join us in the future for an enlightening experience. I am a metaphysical teacher, healer, and spiritual counselor who offers clairvoyant readings, teleclasses, and motivational services via phone, allowing me to connect with people anywhere. Please visit my website at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com. Also, please be sure to read the two-page collaborative feature with Arielle Ford about her latest book release, The Soulmate Secret, based on our conversation in Evolution Revolution in episode 54, which can be accessed via a link at evolutionrevolutionradio.com under the Evolution Revolution Herald feature on the homepage. Co-create with Evolution Revolution, we are seeking partners to help Evolution Revolution evolve and expand to even more people across the globe. If you are interested in partnering and supporting the rapid development of Evolution Revolution, please explore the Evolution Revolution tab. I look forward to hearing from you about the infinite possibilities to co-create in the highest light and with the grandest intentions. Thank you for joining Evolution Revolution this evening with my honored guest, Dr. Amit Goswami. Thank you, Dr. Goswami, for coming back. We are so grateful. I'm delighted. I'm delighted. Great. We look forward to having you back soon, and we are definitely on your ship with quantum activism 100% here at Evolution Revolution. Thank you so much. Much gratitude to you for listening and supporting the revolutionary independent production of Evolution Revolution Radio. I wish you each an abundance of heavenly love, including peace, joy, and gratitude, today and always. Abundant miracles. Good night. Good night.